Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there. Welcome to the TV Black Box one-on-one podcast. I'm Nicole Gunn. And joining us today are director Dylan River and producer Greer Simpkin as we talk Mystery Road Origin, which is this Sunday at 8.30pm on ABC and ABC iview. Thanks for taking some time to have a chat to us um, about uh, Mystery Road Origin. Without giving too much away, either yourself, um, Dylan or Greer, what is this all about? What, what, are we, what are we expecting and where does Mystery Road Origin take us? Uh, Mystery Road Origin um, is, as the title says, the, the origins of, of Mystery Road, but especially Jay Swan. Uh, this season, we set it in 1999. And um, each each film and, and series takes Jay to a new town, but this this time we're going to a town that's very familiar to him. It's his hometown, um, and we very much explore the mystery of Jay, of his upbringing, of his family, um, skeletons in the closet, and really a much more deep and personal look um, at his life. Yeah, I found I found it really interesting that we've gone back to 1999. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of um, time lag, if you like, that we can fill in. Will we get more of those sort of origin stories, do you think, or is this just a, a one-off? Uh, maybe I should. We, we'd love we'd love to do it again, actually, um, and keep going with the story. Um, it's really compelling, and um, uh, we can see where we could go with the story into another series. There's definitely more more to tell between between this season and um, the films and and the the, the two series previous. Um, you know, we've 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 still got quite a large time gap, but we've also, you know, th- this is set prior to the first film, Mystery Road, um, and the story that unfolds in that. Um, and there, there's still quite a journey for Jason to to go on. I suppose people will be asking, do I need to be familiar with the, the previous two series and the movies? Do I, can I jump feet first into this one? Is there enough explanation there that I can engage with the characters and the story? I think absolutely. You don't need to have seen everything else. Um, it's, a, it's a great story and it's, and it's very clear from the beginning. You know, you can just you can watch it without having watched everything else. Having said that, the first two series are on... ABC iView at the moment so um, there is the opportunity to watch them but um, I think the, the writers and Dylan have created a great story in, in and of itself uh, People who have watched it you know, will get a certain nostalgia out of watching it, there's certain scenes which you know, for example, the kind of the, the journey of Jay becoming you know, a detective and, and getting that that white hat, hat that is very well known for, now things like that I think um, people We'll get that feeling of nostalgia, that sort of tingle that you get when you watch Star Wars and the lightsaber turns on type of thing. 
Um, but yeah, you don't have to have watched it. The cast that you've put together for, for the show, for this series, are amazing. And I suppose you've got a lot more leeway going back to 1999 and, and finding those characters and finding those people. And Mark um, Cole Smith, who stepped into the role of um, Aaron Pedersen, played, he is amazing. I, and I'm, I'm not sure 100% of his, um, his resume, but he nails it on so many levels. Yeah, he, he really, I feel like he did his homework. I mean, I'd, I'd like to take credit for him being, you know, such a um, great representation of Jay Swan. But, um, you know, really our conversations were fairly min- minimal. You know, it was basically, for me and him, it was about creating trust between each other more than anything, you know, to let him do his thing. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd steer him in certain directions physically when I, when I knew what a singing could be. Um, but a lot, you know, most of it's him. He he really did his research, um, watching what Aaron's done for Jay, and um, and then also I think he really he really wanted to have the freedom, and that's what not being in 1999 gave him is is to bring a Jay Swan that people haven't seen before, a more positive Jay Swan, a, a Jay Swan that smiles, um, you know, a Jay that's still more optimistic in the world. You know, and we are moving towards that character that that um, Aaron played. You know, the Jay that people know. The, you know, the the idea behind this origin story is to to see the the series of events that brought him to be like that. And I suppose the other one there is Steve Bisley. He was um, whenever he was on screen, I just I just was wondering where he was going to go with it, and he just lived it and breathed it. And but there was a sense of humour there as well. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you know, as soon as he read the scripts, he, he tells me, this is a dark comedy. I'm like, is it? <laughs> and he's like, yep, it's a comedy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way he played it and that's the way we went with it, you know, and um, giving him that freedom to explore. You know, there, a lot of his stuff is just ad-lib. You know, he just tried different versions on the ends of scenes and, you know, <laughs> just go off on a big spiel. And it was really fun, you know, to be in the police station with him and, and just give him that freedom to just go for it. Yeah, what I really loved, um, having binged the two back to back and and wanting to know and wanting more, was that dynamic between um, Jay and Jack. The, that father son dynamic was not engaging. Is not quite the word I'm looking for. It was compelling, I suppose. It, it left you wanting more, and that um, that story itself is is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. I think. Um... You know, there's a lot of personal connections in there. I've definitely um, written written parts of Jay Swan as myself. Um, you know, not necessarily the relationship with my father, the relationship he has with his father, but there's little inklings of stuff in there. And um, yeah, you know, that that's how I like to approach storytelling of filmmaking is um, trying to make a, a personal connection for me and it's how I care about what I'm creating and, and how I, I guess I make it hopefully relate to other people who have been through similar experiences. Yeah, and, and none of the characters, and we didn't have to get the entire backstory for the whole cast, but it didn't come across as two-dimensional, like here's your stereotype, here's the stereotypical town in the outback. Um, they felt incredibly real and it did show warts and all as well. Yeah, and I think that's you know got a lot to do with where we where we filmed as well. We had you know with a TV show, especially period, you know you can be quite restricted with what you can film, where you can film, um, to make it look 
accurate to that period, but we, we filmed in, in mostly in Coolgardie in a town just outside Kalgoorlie and WA. And, you know, we could essentially own the whole town, the main street. You know, we could just close down the whole thing. And, and it, having that freedom to be able to point the camera anywhere, I think, is what creates that realness for us. I was just going to jump in here and say that I um, I want to uh, credit Dylan as the director for really um, uh, working so well with the actors to create that authenticity, both in character but also uh, in place, and and also um, acknowledge Tyson Perkins, the uh, cinematographer, the director of photography. I think together they've really created something special, and it's very cinematic but also very real yeah I was going to ask there's obviously that family connection and you sort of alluded to um, your relationship with father etc um, Dylan but there is a deeper connection here across the board with um, the original movies and the series yeah absolutely. you know I feel um, oh, I'm a big fan of the movies and what Ivan did and I was very excited when Greer and Rachel were first making the, uh, the first season you know bringing it to TV um, and really loved what they did with it. And I think, you know, as, as a fan, I've just sort of tried to emulate a bit of what Ivan did and a bit of what Rachel did and, and also look at what Ivan's references would have been. You know, it was, it was a few years before Mystery Road that No Country for Old Men came out by the Coen brothers. And, you know, I can see that um, whether it was or wasn't as, as a big influence um, to what he did. So I really looked back to that film, which I love, and, and used that as a reference to this and what we did. Trying to work out what it was about, um, whether it was the, the the cinematography or the landscaping, um, where that sort of connected and that sparseness that it that it has has that sort of and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there is a sense of foreboding that something is about to happen. And is it the landscape or is it the direction from you or is it the storyline itself? I think it's just everything, really. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't. Even it's very subconscious when I'm directing and I'm creating a foreboding feeling, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm more leaning towards comedy when I do things. I make, I make stuff that's meant to be serious, a bit funnier, or a bit lighter, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you put your finger on, on one certain thing. Um, but, you know, we, we, we really tried to design this series, like me and Tyson shooting it, you know, a lot of it wasn't to do with where we point the camera on the day. It's a lot of, it's a lot of prep to find those locations. You know, they do, 99% of the work and, and really plan it as best we could because TV is so fast and furious that you don't really get much time to explore on the day so we found that you know it's all in prep work it was you know a few months of, of shot listing the whole series you know the whole six hours and, and knowing where we're going so when we're filming it all out of order we could just jump into what we know and what the plan is. Well Gree I was going to ask was this filmed during the pandemic or prior to it and if it was during the pandemic did that present its own challenges as you know, as producing this show? Yes we did film we filmed we actually um, shot from October to December last year in WA and at that time, the WA border was closed to the rest of Australia. So um, we we had to, you know, think quite laterally. And I think some really wonderful things have come out of that. For instance, usually in previous series, we've cast far and wide across Australia and cast have flown in and out. And this time, we, we, we had very limited opportunities. We did do that um, with some of the terrific casts that are in it um, that, that came in, like Toby Leonard Moore and... Um, Salme Garansar and um, Dan Henschel but um, out of the 80 
speaking roles, we actually got 72 from WA. And um, Dylan and I and the casting director, she's our cash, really, we auditioned and looked at a lot of people in WA and some of the some of the um, cast that are in the series, it's their first um, on-screen role, which I think is really terrific. And oh, I think all the performances are amazing and that's credit to what Dylan's done. But, you know, sometimes when you have a lot of constraints, some really uh, amazing things can come out of it. So um, that was one of them, really, that, that you know was very positive. We also um, worked with um, a lot of locals in Kalgoorlie and Kulgadi, um, some of them with speaking roles like the... Um, character of country and so that that's also wonderful that there were a lot of local first nations roles um that we were able to cast were there any other challenges that you had to um deal with or was it fairly um smooth sailing uh look um both previous series were shot um uh in you know up in the top end as it were so in, in july where it's blue skies every day Kalgoorlie is much further south, and so we did face a lot of weather. There was a lot of winds. Um, uh, there was, um, you know, a very unpredictable. So that that was quite tough for the shoot. Um, I think uh, every producer will say that it's tough um, working during the, you know, the pandemic. Um, you know, it does it does add a lot a lot of added pressure. But um, we were pretty lucky because COVID didn't actually come into WA while we were shooting. So we were. We were fairly lucky. What would you say, Dylan, of your experience of shooting? Yeah, COVID was a big one. I remember, you know, your your level of, of stress was definitely heightened by that. You know, I think, um, you know, I was very aware of, you know, if a case did come into WA, into that town, especially as part of our crew, you know, we just instantly would have to shut down for a while and we couldn't afford to do that. Our shoot was backing right up till Christmas, like literally we we were packing up to get people to their Christmas lunches with their family. Um, so we really couldn't go over, over schedule. Um, so that, you know, that, that added pressure, but I think, you know, there's, there's things that we can now laugh about. Like the flies were just, you know, pretty intense at that time of year. And um, especially in that part of the country. And um, we had to embrace the flies. There's a lot of flies in the series and um, we put a lot of sound effects, added sound effects of flies to add to it. But, you know, um, We've got some great behind-the-scenes bloopers of Mark Colesmith swatting flies constantly, and there's a lot of hair uh, fly spray in people's hair um, to keep them away from their face. But he sort of just told the actors, you know, if, if a fly does land on you, just make sure you shield it away because it looks, you know, horrible when it's crawling into your eye and you're pretending it's not there and you just keep talking. So, um, yeah, flies were a challenge. Greer, before I, I let you both go, the, the townships that you filmed, have they been able to see this? And if they have, what was their general reaction to seeing their home on the screen? Well, I was just going to add that when we were talking about Steve Bisley's character, that last week we had a screening back in Kalgoorlie at um, an art centre where there were about five or 600 people um, that, that turned up. And and it was wonderful because, um, you know, when you make TV, you don't often see it with an audience. And it was a big audience. And um, they did, um, they were right in it, but they also did laugh. And that was wonderful, you know, particularly at um, uh, uh, Steve Bisley's character, Kelton Pell. And um, and I think that that's um, what's really special about the series in a way is as it is a dark comedy I think Dylan naturally um, has an ability to, to find lightness in darkness as well and I think it was 
it was just a really great screening. We showed the first two episodes and they absolutely loved it. They loved seeing their town, you know, um, and a lot of the people that were extras in it came along as well and that, and that was terrific. Well, the first episode airs this Sunday night and can we binge watch it as well? I mean, there will be people who want to know now how it ends and, and how it develops. Can we binge watch or is it going to be teased out? No, it's uh, first episode goes out Sunday night at 8.30 and then all the episodes are up on iView so you can literally stay a full night and watch it if you want. So, yeah, that's really great. I think Dylan and I are pretty happy about that so it means that people can just um, watch it all if they want to. Absolutely, yeah, but very happy about about that being available in that way. You know, I keep calling this a film, and I try to treat it like a film. It just happens to be six hours long, so you know, if people can watch it in a couple of hits. Um, I think they'll get more out of it. I really appreciate you giving us some time today just to talk about the the show, and it's it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I was thinking, oh, going back in time, how's this going to work? But it dovetails beautifully into the whole narrative. So. Uh, I just want to say thank you for that and thanks for thanks for joining us today too. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.